Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. All the way from Nigeria. You never had this kind of candy before. <laughs> I better give you a minute because I'm not going to have your attention until candy is in mouth, right? All right, I'm making the dentists of Virginia Beach very happy. Empty? You got an empty. You're striking out, Mr. Alonzo. Don't play the lottery. Okay, praise the Lord. Once again, let me say thank you for your uh, being here tonight. Who knows what you get when you come to church, right? Amen. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Ephesians and chapter 5. The real reason why we are here tonight, not just to have a good time together, although we can do that. The real reason that we come together in the house of God is to study His Word and to know Him more. So Ephesians chapter 5, if you turn there in your Bible with me tonight, picked up this... uh, this uh, news article last week. The headline says, Former Satanist warns Christians about celebrating Halloween. John Ramirez is his name. He was once a Satanist, and he joined uh, this person on this program to talk to Christians about Halloween. Listen to what he says. I was a general to the kingdom of darkness in witchcraft, Ramirez said. I would sit with the devil and talk to him like I'm talking to you today. It was that kind of communication. It was that kind of relationship. Ramirez warns Christians, Halloween is not just about costumes and candy. There is a much darker reality. He goes on to say that he was radically saved, bought by the blood of Jesus, became a Christian, and now a pastor. What an incredible testimony. But listen to what he says. He once sacrificed animals as part of satanic rituals, and his friends even called him Lucifer's son. Now, as a born-again believer, he strongly warns Christians against celebrating Halloween and participating in harvest festivals. The only harvest we should celebrate, he says, is the harvest of souls. 
Ramirez says that, in his opinion, other events Christians hold instead of Halloween, such as uh, harvest nights, are no different. He says this, final quote, that, was, that stuck in my mind after I read this. He said, do you know any Satanists who say, hey, we're going to come to Good Friday and we're going to hang out with all the Christians, but just call it a different name? That made a lot of sense to me. I don't think Satanists would want to do that because they don't want to hang out on Good Friday or on Easter Sunday with all the Christians. And yet, somehow, Christians have become uh, comfortable with the idea of celebrating Halloween. And so with it coming up next week, I want to take a moment tonight and I want to give you some biblical perspective on Halloween the practice of it, the reason why I believe is something we should not have anything to do with except for evangelism. So I want to read with you Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 8. Are you with me tonight? Say amen if you're at Ephesians 5. Amen. And it says these words, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Listen carefully tonight. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what we're doing tonight, exposing the works of darkness. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Let's pray for a moment. Father, we come by the blood of Jesus, praying for your grace and your mercy, Lord, to speak. Lord, with, uh, with wisdom and truth tonight, God, with the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I know that in me there is nothing good, but Lord, in you, all that you have done, God, you are able to speak to us and give us wisdom and understanding tonight through your word. I pray for your power and your grace. I pray that you would do a great work in our hearts tonight. We thank you for all that you're going to do in Jesus' mighty name. God's people would say, Amen. Amen. This is a sermon I've titled, Works of Darkness. Works of Darkness. We live in a world that is covered in darkness. We know from the Word of God that the enemy of our souls, the devil, the Bible calls him the great dragon, many other names for him, but he is our enemy. And in this life and in this world that we live, in the current world system, the enemy has authority over the world. That's why in the Bible it tells us and it instructs us again and again to come out from the practices of the world, to be separated from the world. And, uh, and it says, be ye separate from the world. He who has fellowship with the world has no fellowship with God. And on and on it goes, I could give you scripture after scripture about why we as Christians are the light, and what fellowship then does light have with darkness? I want to take a few moments tonight, and I want to, uh, to tell you a little bit more about Halloween. 
as it is practiced and the roots of where the practices have come from. Because uh, in our culture, it is now to the point that Halloween is becoming almost as popular as Christmas. The money, the average amount of money that uh, a household will spend on Halloween is close to $80. Can you imagine that? Every household in America spends about $80 on uh, costumes, on uh, chocolates and candies, on decorations for the yard. And so uh, that is only, there's no other holiday that gets more money except for Christmas in America. Can you imagine that? And uh, so this is where we are in our culture today. And here's why this is important to us. That figure would not be true unless there were many Christians participating in the celebration of this night of Halloween. Now, you may think that, uh, you know, Halloween is uh, an innocuous thing and it's, it's not uh, all that dangerous. It's just about eating a lot of candy and a nice time for kids to dress up. And let me tell you, there is no greater uh, celebration that public schools invest in. This is not an accident tonight. What other celebration do public schools invest so much time and energy into, except for Halloween? And we know that the public schools are going to shy away from Christian holidays, shy away from Christmas. Oh, it's not a Christmas tree, it's a what? holiday tree. It's not a Christmas present, it's a holiday present for, sake, for the sake of non-offending people. And yet, the same public school is bold and in your face about bring the kids and let them dress up and let them uh, celebrate this Halloween night. So I want to take a moment and tell you why Halloween is not something that is just innocuous. It's not something that is uh, just uh, something that we can play with and toy with without any consequences because it has to do with history. How I many you know if you don't know history, you're bound to make mistakes? The history of Halloween is in paganism and the occult. Now, if I came to you tonight and I had in my possession, I had some occult uh, stuff, I had some tarot cards and I had a Ouija board, and I had, you know, some voodoo dolls, and I started passing that stuff out at church, people would think I was crazy, right? Pastor, get out of here. You're insane. But if a pastor comes to a church and starts hanging up spider webs and pumpkins and uh, vampires and tombstones, it's all of a sudden acceptable. And yet, when we are celebrating these Halloween practices, we are going back into history and celebrating an ancient religion of the Druids. It was a religion so evil that Rome decided to forbid the practice. Now, if you know anything about Roman history, they were not good guys. They were very good at killing people and conquering lands. They were not so know well known for their religious fortitude, and yet when they found the Druid people and their Druid religion, they said, we can't be having this because this is some crazy stuff. What did the Druids in their ancient religion do? These are, uh, this was a religion that started in Britain, in Ireland. And on October 31st, the Druids 
had something called the Festival of Samhain. It was a night where they believed of ghosts and fairies and bonfires where they would foretell the future and witches ride through the sky on broomsticks. They had superstitions. All of these was, uh, was a holiday. Its origin is in this pagan religion. They called it the Festival of Samhain. Who's Samhain, you say? Samhain was literally the Lord of the dead. Nothing more than a demon, a spirit of death. Could be just another face of Satan himself. And yet this is where the emphasis of Halloween, the emphasis is always on what? It's on death. I'm just driving to my mom's house and in her neighborhood, she's got a neighbor right across the street who goes all out every year for this Halloween with all these yard decorations. The first thing you see is one of those big, creepy monkeys with a symbol. You know those, the, the, the ones that are blown up and he's out there? But he, he doesn't have the face of a monkey. He's got the face of a skeleton. Okay, and he's out there all night, lit up, looking creepy, and, uh, and all it does is it points us to death. Think of all of the different symbols that are connected with Halloween. Coffins, tombstones, skeletons, skulls and crossbones, ghosts, mummies, graveyards, vampires, Frankenstein, I could go on and on, right? All of these are connected somehow to death. There are many uh, legends around this holiday that originated with the celebration of Samhain, the Lord of the Dead. But what they believed, the Druid religion, they believed that on this night, the dead would rise out of their graves and wander the countryside, trying to return to the homes where they formerly lived. And so frightened villagers would try to appease the wandering spirits by offering them gifts of fruits and nuts. This is where we get the tradition of handing out candy on Halloween night. If, they were, if the dead spirits were not appeased, the villagers feared that their spirits would kill their flocks or destroy their property. That's why the trick-or-treat phrase has been connected with Halloween ever since. It's more than just superstition. It's also, we could call Halloween, a blasphemous perversion of Christian resurrection. In Christianity, we have a belief in miraculous resurrection from the dead, right? Resurrection where Jesus went into the grave, and when he came out, he came out brand new. When he was risen from the dead, Jesus did not have a mummified body. He did not have a vampire body. He did not hang upside down in a coffin. When Jesus came out of the tomb, he came out with a glorified body, an eternal body. And in doing so, he became the prototype of what every person who believes in the power of salvation will one day receive. Can you imagine one day when you get a glorified, eternal body in resurrection? And so what does Halloween do? It takes that truth of resurrection and it cheapens it. It perverts it. It twists resurrection into the walking dead. 
where it's just uh, mindless, lifeless corpses walking around trying to eat people's brains. So Samhain, this celebration to Samhain was the supreme night of demonic jubilation. It was a celebration as the daylight began getting shorter, nights began getting longer. They believed that all of the, the demons of hell would roam the earth in wild celebration in honor of this god of death, Samhain. The only thing that superstitious people knew to do on such a night would be to dress up or masquerade as one of the demonic horde, hopefully to blend in and not be noticed. This is where we got the tradition of dressing up on Halloween in order to try to blend in with all of the devils, imps, ogres, and other demonic creatures. So this is the history, the short version. There's a lot more we could talk about. But we have to realize where all of these practices came from, and then we have to, as Christians, as believers, we have to make a decision if this is something that's going to help us live for God or not. Let me remind you again of the scripture we started with. You were once in darkness, but now you are light. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. That is what we are called to do in our generation. The Bible is not silent on pagan customs of the world. Jeremiah 10, verses 2 and 3, Learn not the way of the heathen, for the customs of the people are vain. Deuteronomy 18, verse 9, When you come into the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. Again, verse 11 of our scripture, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And so I want to give you a couple of reasons why tonight I believe Halloween is not a good practice for those of us who are in the light. Number one, Halloween glorifies your enemy. It glorifies Satan. We sing songs. We come into the church and we sing songs. The reason that we come to sing songs is that through the power of music and worship, we give glory to our God. That's part of the reason why you exist. Can you say amen tonight? You and I exist as image bearers of God. He is the sun. You are the moon. You are called to reflect the glory of God wherever you go, with every word that you speak, with every decision that you make. We are called to reflect and bring glory to God. Halloween does not do that. When America celebrates the power of darkness by masquerading as evil creatures, decorating our homes, schools, businesses, and churches with occult symbols, the power of Satan is glorified, not the power of God. Now, some people will say, well, pastor, you know, you're being kind of hard line on this. It's, we're just having a good time. Be sure. The real Satanists are loving it. Oh, they love it. Uh, it was, uh, what was the name of the guy? Anton 
LaVey, I believe, who was, uh, who was the president of the uh, Satanic Church. And he said, uh, I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but he said, oh, I love it that once a year we can get Christians to participate in a Satanic ritual on Halloween. It's all in fun, we say. Anyone familiar with witchcraft can tell you that there are certain rituals and spells that will only be cast on Halloween night. Why is that? Because on this night, they believe that there is a veil that is removed between the living and the dead. And so those who oppose Christ, the enemies of Christ, the Antichrist spirit is set free on a Halloween night. It's a night of rituals, of spells, sacrilegious acts taking place, and even blood sacrifices. There's news, every year there's news reports that come out, right? Cities, they've warned viewers, what do they tell you? Keep your cats and your dogs in the house on Halloween night. Why do they do that? Well, uh, because a lot lot of times they'll get snatched and sacrificed. SPCA centers, they say that uh, they do not allow black cats to be adopted until after Halloween for this very reason. It's not uncommon in rural communities that farmers will wake up on November the 1st and find that their cows, calves, chickens, horses have been mutilated and ritualistically slaughtered. These practices are uh, often too revolting to go into detail, but many times they're drinking blood, many times they're eating these animals. And, uh, and so this is just part of it. This, this, obviously, we understand that, you know, if you're, if you're going to dress up like a princess, you're not <laughs> involved in satanic rituals. But the point is that as Christians, we are called to reflect the glory of God. And many of the things connected with Halloween do not reflect the glory of God, but reflect the glory of the enemy. Isn't it sad that Christians say it's not a big deal? But Satanists, witches, occultists take Halloween very, very seriously. And because they do, often police departments are on watch every Halloween. So number two, reason number two. Not only does it bring glory to your enemy, the second reason why I believe it is not a good practice for Christians is because it treats the occult as something harmless. It takes something that's very dangerous and treats it as something innocuous. Jesus said it like this. You wouldn't take a snake and give it to your child, would you? You wouldn't want to take something very dangerous and put it in the crib of your baby. No, you can put something soft in there for them to look at and play with. But you wouldn't want to put a sharp knife. You know what I'm saying? The reason is because it takes something extremely dangerous and you treat it as if it's harmless. When Christians participate in Halloween, it sends a message to the world, and even more important, it sends a message to our children that witchcraft, demonism, Satanism, and occult is something that we should be entertained by something that is harmless. It gives a false impression that something that is deadly, something that is killer, is actually not that big of a deal. We have, in the West, we have separated ourselves from so many spiritual things. When I was uh, 
When I was a missionary in Bulgaria, uh, we had a guy, a Nigerian guy in our church. And one of the things I appreciated about this Nigerian brother who had got saved is that his dad was actually uh, uh, like a, a witchcraft master of arts when he was growing up. He was, the, he was the village medicine man. People would come to him for black magic healing, and he would put hexes on people, and he would curse things, and he would curse people. And so people would come to, to his father. So he grew up with this influence in his life. His father was actually a witch doctor. And so he grew up knew it, knowing that there are spiritual realities at play, right? And so because we are in the Western world, we're kind of separated from those paganistic and occultic practices. And, and so for us, it seems like something that's, uh, that's a fairy tale. It's something that's only in the movies. It's something that, you know, poltergeist. And it, it's not really reality. Can I tell you, there are demons in the world. The Bible is clear about that. There is a kingdom of hell that is arrayed against God's people. There is a real devil. The Bible, Jesus spoke about the enemy of our soul over and over. There are spiritual realities that God tells us. In fact, this very same chapter, Ephesians 5, tells us that we need to be on guard against. That was a good spot for an amen. The whole armor of God, the whole reason why the Apostle Paul tells us about the armor of God is so that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians 6, verse 11, we, verse 12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness in this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. I want to say to you tonight, spiritual battle is real. And it happens on Halloween. And for us to treat it as something harmless or innocuous or something not important, it takes something extremely dangerous and treat it as harmless. Now, I'm a Second Amendment advocate. You know, I, I like my... Uh, got my uh, God-given right to defend my home and my family. But I'll tell you this, I would not put a gun into the hands of a small child. It's a very dangerous weapon, very dangerous instrument. And it's going to take lots of time and training and being very careful. Treat your children. You know, if, you, if we, we want to treat our children to have respect for these in, very strong weapons. But we'll put a... a will put a, a, a demon in their hands or dress them up like a mummy and think that it has no effect on them, right? And so I, I, I'm not condemning anyone or judging anyone. I just want you to understand why it's not harmless. Thirdly tonight, it is the appearance of evil. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, the Bible instructs us to abstain from all appearances of evil from the very appearance. Who can deny tonight virtually all the symbols? Go to Walmart, I dare you, five minutes down the road. Go to the Walmart and go to the Halloween section and tell me which symbols of Halloween are not evil <laughs> or do not come from the occult or demon, demonic background. Witches, monsters, vampires, goblins, devils, demons. And you know what's even worse to me 
As a father of two daughters, it's the sexualization of young children. Right? On Halloween, not only is it the ghouls and the goblins and the ghosts, but there's a sexual aspect. You know, the, uh, so many uh, young girls dressing up as the sexy this or the sexy that. And we say, that's okay, no big deal. It goes hand in hand. Christians are called, beloved, to be followers of God. Lights in a sinful world. How can we justify masquerading as creatures of darkness in the light of scriptures? If your house is supposed to be dedicated to God and glorify Christ, then how do we justify decorating with demonic and occult symbols? Listen to all of the decorations that are common with Halloween. The jack-o'-lantern is the ancient symbol of a damned soul. The black cat is often associated with witchcraft and superstition. Witches and witchcraft, a dominant theme, but are an abomination to God. See Exodus 22, verse 18, Deuteronomy 18, Leviticus 18. Even the trick-or-treat. You come knock on the door, trick-or-treat, what is that? It's a threat. Are you threatening me? Yes. If you don't give me a tree, then I'm going to play a trick on you. It's extortion. <laughs> Every year, there's an increase of vandalism, disregard for property, well-behaved children, all of a sudden driven by unseen forces to destroy things. Police, as I mentioned, report increases in activities every Halloween. And worse than that, there's poison candy, booby trap with razor blades. Happens every year. It's so real. The threat is so real that many hospitals, I've heard, many hospitals offer free x-rays on Halloween in order to prevent children from being harmed. Fourthly tonight, as we begin to close, the celebration of this day of death, I believe, is disobedience to God. Consider these scriptures, Deuteronomy 18, verse 10. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls the dead. For all who do these things are abomination to the Lord. And let me just mention to you, if you ever read that word abomination in the Old Testament especially, that is the strongest possible word that God uses. It's the closest God uses to a cuss word, all right? Abomination is something filthy, unclean, unholy, and unrighteous. God says all of these things, these practices, are an abomination. Exodus 7, verse 11, Pharaoh called the wise men and their sorcerers the magicians of Egypt, and they did a like manner, for every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. There's a very powerful truth here that what, what God creates is far more powerful than anything the kingdom of hell can create. But the fact remains that there are sorcerers who can do things that appear to be miraculous. Exodus 22:11, you shall not permit a sorceress to live. Leviticus 9:26, you shall not eat anything with blood nor practice divination of soothsaying. You shall give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them. 
On and on it goes. Jeremiah 27, 9. Do not listen to prophets, diviners, dreamers, soothsayers, or sorcerers, for they prophesy a lie to you. Malachi 3, 5. I will bear a swift witness against the sorcerer, adulterers, perjurers, those who exploit. Acts 8, 9. A sorcerer named Simon had to, be, had to be rebuked by the Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 16, a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination, she's a witch who brought her master's much profit. Paul had to rebuke her. Acts chapter 19, many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all because they had gotten saved. They said, we can't be part of this any longer. Galatians 5, 16, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I think tonight we can safely conclude that many of the practices connected with Halloween are not sanctioned by God, do not glorify God, and in fact cause many Christians to be disobedient to God. Tonight, what should the position of Christians be? My personal view is that I'm not going to participate with any of the pagan rituals. I'm not going to dress up. I'm not going to have a jack-o'-lantern. You've got to make your own decision. You're a grown-up. But the Bible says that we are all filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're saved, then you have the Holy Spirit as your guide who gives you wisdom and how to live. And as a believer, as someone who is called to bring glory, not to this world, but to God, I think we've all got to come to decisions. And I... You know, if you come to a different decision, then that's fine. But my decision tonight is that I'm not going to give glory to the kingdom of hell. The only way that I believe this, uh, this holiday could come close to something that Christians can participate in is if we use it for evangelism. And let me offer this to you for consideration. What other night of the year do you have every one of your neighbors coming and knocking on your door? There's only one. It's Halloween night. Now, it just so happens that this year, Halloween falls on a Wednesday. So we'll all be here glorifying the Lord together. Last year, and every other year where, where Halloween is not on a church night, this is what we're going to do. This is my commitment to you. We're going to have a night where you can redeem Halloween. I want you to be home with the light on. I don't want Christians hiding inside their houses, clutching their pearls. Oh, it's Halloween. We are not to called to have the spirit of fear. Can you say amen? We are called to redeem our times. Is there some way that we could possibly redeem this evil, occultic, demonic night? I believe there is. Last year, we ordered some very special uh, little tracks. We had some candy. We wrapped it up. And uh, we, we prepared that. And I said, you go home. And you sit there with a bowl of candy that are attached to church flyers. And you put those in the hands of those little goblins. And let's see what God will do with that. I don't think we should turn out the light and close the door and lock it. I think we should use the opportunity. If you are going to go trick-or-treating, then take some church flyers with you right? And redeem the time. Don't be afraid. We serve the God of light. We serve the God who is more powerful than any. So some people have this crazy idea that 
that there is this, uh, that God and the devil are two equal opposing forces, and some days God is winning, and some days the devil's winning, and on those days we better hide because God's losing. But that's not even true. The Bible describes the devil, Satan, as a worm that is going to be crushed one day. All the forces of hell combine them together cannot compare to the power that is in the little finger of God. And if God is for us, who can be against us? This is not a call to freak you out. This is not a call for you to be fearful. This is a call to realize what Halloween is, to be separate from it, but to use it for God's glory. I want to challenge you tonight. Don't take something that is deadly and dangerous and treat it as something that's not that important. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, uh, if you have a choice between spending fifty dollars on costumes or fifty dollars on world evangelism, I don't think that there's a, a case to be made. I think that you could put that money to but much better use. You could use that same fifty dollars and buy your your wife a nice gift for Christmas in a few short weeks. <laughs> All the husbands said amen. And so tonight, don't let the works of darkness have authority in our lives. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for just a few moments tonight. As we bring this service to a close, I'm so grateful for the people of God, so grateful for the truth Thankful for the Word of God that gives us instruction, purpose. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, Would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.